everyone and welcome to another episode of the Horror Friendly Podcast. My name is Katie and I am joined yet again by my two lovely co-hosts, Charlie and Chantel. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. How are we? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Good. Just yeah, mid burp their tail. So. I know, yeah. it came right at the wrong time, so I was like, I was going to have to <laughs> mute myself. <laughs> Uh, at least it was away from the microphone true true. have you guys recovered from the piranha madness (laughs) Uh, recovered from train to viscan yeah i have just about uh yeah i've had i've had some time off so i've been able to recover but yeah you guys didn't you went straight into (laughs) piranha piranha madness how was that was good it was uh I kind of forget like with really shit films you're kind of like oh like how do I have to watch this but then actually you watch them you're like actually this is just like some bits of it are actually good and then other bits are just really good to take the piss out of so they're kind Mm. of fun it it was a lot of fun it Mm. wasn't the same without you though no (laughs) don't don't leave us (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys you did an excellent job oh thanks thanks <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, bits and bobs, work, just other stuff. We were just discussing Halloween, mm-hmm. purchasing for Halloween. Not much out at the moment, is there? But hopefully there'll be more more stuff to come. Yeah, need some more home decor. <laughs> mm. So, should we get into it then? Move the cube into position. What's he talking about? 13 ghosts. You contracted me for 12 ghosts. The breaker's 12. I'm done after tonight, Cyrus. Yes, 12, and then what more? I thought you were psychic. It's not how it works, and you know it. There's no time to argue. For all of our listeners, this episode will contain some triggers, so just be mindful of the episode ahead. This week, we decided to do 13 Ghosts, a 2001 film directed by Steve Beck. A family inherits what proves to be a haunted house, but a special pair of goggles allows them to see their ghostly tormentors. So, Katie, I believe you hadn't seen this one before. What did you think? I had seen it before. I've seen it once oh, before. Sorry, my um, mistake. <laughs> no, it's okay. I haven't seen it very many times. Um, but, yeah. I haven't no I have I don't have a lot of experience with the film so it was cool to watch it again um yeah I like this film it's fun um it's not like the best film horror film out there ever it's it's just a bit of fun I think to me it's like it's that's that's kind of pretty much all it is <laughs> to me it's got Matthew Lillard in like that's all all I can all I can dream of um <laughs> all I need early noughties Matthew Lillard is literally all you need in your life so yeah, it's it's a really fun film, and I think take it from you, tell with the whole pizza party sleepover film, it's a hundred percent one of those. Um, yeah, th- there's some things I don't like about it. It, it. You know, it's not the best film in the world, but it's a lot of fun. So mm. you take it for what it is. I think. Charlie, what about you? Um, so this was probably thinking back probably one of the first horror movies I've watched um probably when I was around like maybe 12 13 so a good few years ago now 
I hadn't seen it since then, um, mainly because it scared the living shit out of me then. And this time around, it scared the shit out of me yet again. Um, so much so that uh, my friend that I was watching it with was just laughing and howling at me. So, but it is a fun film. Um, there's probably more that I don't like about it than what I do like about it, um, just production-wise. But, I mean, like it, it, it does have its good points as well. It's not like a completely terrible film. But, yeah, it, it was fun to attempt to watch. How about you, Tell? I pretty much the same, really, as both as what you said. Um, I do like the fact, though, that it's kind of it's the same uh, same take on like a haunted house where it's like the new family move in and straight away they realise it's haunted. Although obviously with these guys, it's like only based over an evening anyway. But I kind of like that instead of like a normal haunted house where like things happen slowly and then it's like, oh, a cupboard opened. Ooh, spooky. And then it like builds. I like that this time, instead of it being like a mystery ghost or like a see-through figure, it was just straight there with like, here are some monsters that are hidden in the basement. And so I kind of like that sort of angle of it, where it was just actually, we're just going to be so obvious about these 13 ghosts, even though Matthew Lillard's character spends the entire time trying to explain that they're not ghosts, something else, but we're going to say ghosts because it's the layman's term. <laughs> and I just thought it was quite funny. Um, so I like that like take on it. Because it's quick. Probably. That's probably why I like it. Because it's like <laughs> straight in there. Yeah, no messing about. It takes place over one evening. So I'm all right with that. <laughs> I know what you mean, because they could have really gone into depth about the 13 Ghosts. And I think in like another film or I know in like the behind the scenes or the bonus features, they do go into it more. Because when I looked on, I looked into it, mm. they were like further sort of descriptions of the ghosts. But I'm kind of, like you say, Tal, I'm kind of glad that they didn't because... Um, it would have just been way too long a film. It's pretty unnecessary, really. Like, it's cool to know a bit of background, like, to read up on it, but you yeah. don't necessarily need it in the film, I don't think. I was going to say, I, I do quite like the fact that it does have a lot of lore behind it, despite the fact that it is a, a B-movie. Um, the fact that they have sort of elaborated it outside of the film, it, I think, sort of brings it together and does make it have its own fan base, I guess. Mm. So we open with uh, a scene of, we learn that Matthew Lilliard is a psychic quite quickly. Um, we learn that he's working for a guy called Cyrus, who I'm going to keep calling Sirius because proud of Harry Potter on the brain. He like, like literally like, could be called nothing else but Cyrus. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I can speak to ghosts. I'm going to give myself like a mystical <laughs> name. It's like, it's, it couldn't be anything else but fucking Cyrus, could it? <laughs> and he wears all black and he has a cane. Yeah, he looks like a Cyrus as well. <laughs> so I wonder what that guy does. Yeah, he's definitely a ghost hunter. Like, <laughs> only job profession he can have. Um, but he's, we learn again, again, I like it because it's quite quick. So we learn quite quickly that they're hunting a ghost. And uh, Matthew Lilliard is saying that like this, oh, we didn't need blood or paint equals it last time. And it's also like, I don't know if it was red paint or if it was just straight up blood because Cyrus is a little bit uh, fucked up. So he probably did find a bunch of blood to use. Um, and then there's a couple of people trying to stop them as well. So they obviously know what they're doing. And yeah, Lilia's character has obviously been lied to. So he's all confused. And yeah, and we meet, fuck, what's that guy called? Juggernaut? Um, juggernaut. Juggernaut. Yes. So what did you make of the opening? I think it wasn't what I expected when mm. I um, first watched it, like where it was set. 
and everything. It kind of reminded me, this is another Matthew Lillard reference, um, in the, the Scooby-Doo film that he's in, you know, when it's like, it starts <laughs> in like a factory and it's all done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, it reminds me of that. And oh. uh, yeah, maybe it was a foreshadowing of like Matthew Lillard's future role as Shaggy. <laughs> Things to, what come. I find, things to come <laughs> what i find quite funny is there is a scooby-doo and the 13 ghost movie that came out in eight i think it's like 83 and obviously That's now amazing. matthew matthew Lillard voices <laughs> um what's his name That's shaggy sick. so it's like sort of all intertwined mm. he, he just saw the opportunity and went for it didn't he he did yeah he did. <laughs> no I liked it I think I just expected it to kind of be the standard early noughties horror film you know where it starts with well maybe starts with the family or you know Mm. something cheesy but it actually started in a different way so I quite like that it is very gory as well like straight away there's like people getting decapitated like bent through cars backwards yeah blood yeah like and also we we see Cyrus's death if you will um because his uh neck gets slotted although yeah at least we know very quickly it's definitely not a scooby-doo film yeah (laughs) do not show your children this yeah i know what you mean about it being gory actually because you think when like with a ghost film you don't really think they're going to be very gory whereas this film for like a ghost you know like you know possession and haunting and stuff obviously you do get some your, your gory possession films but if it's like a ghost story it's not very mm. often a um like too gory but yeah this this film is quite gory actually for what it is mm. it almost put with monsters rather than ghosts mm, yeah but what did you make of the next bit when we do meet the family yeah i mean shannon elizabeth <laughs> she's like the same age as the babysitter but let's just move on <laughs> we move <laughs> wait which was shannon elizabeth she's the mum she's the daughter, the daughter. The daughter. yeah the daughter's but that's that's fair because like obviously she's got shit to do so he's hired someone so his daughter doesn't have to take all the responsibility yeah yes. i don't know you just always think of like a children like a, a caretaker as like you know caretaker a caregiver <laughs> as like an older woman or an older man i suppose yeah not true. like <laughs> I um I love the fact that Ra Digger is the the babysitter <laughs> as well. Like it's just iconic, <laughs> so good. Um, and also like when before we go into that scene, we also hear the phone call um to nine 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 in the background about the house fire, as we're panning into that scene, which I really liked. Um, although at first you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then obviously you realise straight away, like since mum died and bloody da da da. Well, that's it, because they start with the two kids in the garden, and then they're like, oh, everything's perfect. And then you literally mm. hear the phone call, hear the fire, see the house deteriorate. So I kind of liked how they did that, because it wasn't like yeah. you didn't have to see it. You didn't, they didn't like, again, me being like, oh, they didn't waste time. They just got on with it. But it was, it was like, we're going to tell you what's happened. And now it's six months later. And they just mm. did it with one like pan shot. So I thought that was quite clever. Mm. It was a very early noughties way of doing it yeah like yeah although I love as well when we meet the boy oh, I'm gonna get all their names wrong as I always do calling the boy it's not the, the boy. son Bobby <laughs> yeah, not Brahms no Brahms Bobby. too Brahms no, Bra- is too English uh so 
Bobby has an interest in crime and murder and decapitation and I just think it's so brilliant and then he just in the most typical I think he's a bit young for it but when he's just like calling his sister or like telling her not to be such a slut about it because she's telling yeah, you so that's like, a bit aggressive from Bobby isn't it I said like, Bobby you are a bit young to be like throwing slut around like you don't even know what you're saying boy um <laughs> but I did think that was quite funny how it was like he'd been full of shit and just left like a proper obsession with true crime I was going to say, maybe that's his way of sort of like working through his grief. Maybe he's found a hobby and that's how he's going to deal with it. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, fortunately, um, it, it just goes on with um, crime. They do reckon that's why like uh, true crime tends to appeal to appeal more to girls is because we always see ourselves like in newspapers and stuff like it's normally females that are the victims which is why it appeals more to us because it's our way of dealing with the anxiety around it and like how we could survive those situations. Yeah. That's why it appeals. So because he's been through it, actually it would appeal to him. Saying that I absolutely hate crime documentaries. I hate anything like that. Like I can't watch it. Love them all. I can't it. think of anything about that life. I quite <laughs> like, um, what's the name? Bailey Sir- Sharia. I love her. Yeah. I watch her Facebook ones because they're shorter. But like I, I can deal with that because she's doing a makeup at the same time. But when it's like full on like a crime documentary, like nah, unless it's like first 48, then I might stick around for an episode. But I like the ones where they actually like focus on the victims and they actually like talk about them rather than just the arsehole who did all the shit. Like ignore him. Like that's fine. Mm. I watch a six, six episodes if it talks about the victims. But if it's just talking about the local town, that the murderer grew up in, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I listened to Red Handed, um, and that's really good. That's two girls like talking about different um, different cases, and then Eleanor Neal, who's on YouTube, she's great. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I listen to it on the way to work. I do as well. <laughs> oh, guys! Like, I don't really know why. Like before work, you meant to have something that like sets you up for the day, but I decided <laughs> to listen to that shit instead. Anyway. anyway <laughs> So then the lawyer turns up. Yes. <laughs> you, you get the sort of family dynamic of them just before he turns up as well. Like they're struggling a bit for money and they're a bit more sort of like chaotic in the morning. You've got obviously like the, well, I don't know what to call her. Not babysitter, but like. Nanny? Nanny, yes, nanny. Help. That's. I don't know. That, that's what I mean. And like yeah. the daughter and the son and the dad and you can tell like it's it's all a bit. It's not I like the way that they're living isn't like in ideal sort of situations. And then yeah, so then and then the um the lawyer turns up. It's like he's just like creepy off the bat, isn't he? Like he's just a bit weird looking. <laughs> he's just he's got that attitude about him where you're like, he's not and when he's like, Oh, your uncle left you a house, straight away you're like, Cool, they're doomed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a haunted house. Definitely, you're like, it's definitely. a house in the middle of the woods. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely haunted. It's definitely in the middle of nowhere. And then it's like, oh, it's yeah. a four-hour drive away. Give up your whole lives to move there. And it's like, yeah, you're definitely gonna die in that house. But like, it, it's also the way that he's like, oh, I've got the keys, but I'm going up there later today anyway. And it's like, uh, it's not your place. Why are you going there? Uh, I think lawyers can do stuff like that because they obviously have to make sure it's maintained and like the wall, like the tap hasn't been left on or any shit like that. I don't know. Surely, like, surely, surely do what you were handing it over. Well, we also, from what we know later, the lawyer's not I'm sure exactly that was honest. his priority. Making yeah. sure the taps weren't off. 
Well, you wouldn't want to damage the house before you left it to someone, would you? Making sure there's no gas leak. Yeah. Although he said it was like a four hour drive. If there was a gas leak, the house is fucked by the time they get there anyway. <laughs> well, it's not fucked, only unless there's any sparks. So let's hope that they've left your electricity off. Fair, but there would be water damage in the uh, basement. Although that might be beneficial. With oh, I think there's a bit more damage down there in the basement yeah, rather than say. a bit of water damage. <laughs> I don't oh. think that's an issue. <laughs> but would you, would you, t- like, if you were living, I don't even know how big their flat is, but the daughter's obviously making a comment like it's too small and they, like, yeah. you know, they're all sharing one bathroom. I'd um, be very interested. Oh. <laughs> even if you were to sell it and then get somewhere else, like, that is life changing yeah. for them. I'd be quite intrigued to see, like, if some, like, weird guy or lawyer turns up and is just like, <laughs> hey, your long-lost uncle is like, you've got a house. I'd be like, okay, like, I'll definitely go and look at it. Yeah. But I I'll definitely the... die. But... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but... Oh, God, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, already dead, but... I love it when he says to the daughter, because it's like, you have a long-lost uncle? And it's like, yeah, everyone ignored him when he squandered the family fortune. There's a family fortune? He's like, no, he squandered it. <laughs> and the daughter looks so excited, the potential. He's like, no, no, it's literally gone. That's why we don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. One thing I was a bit confused about was um, the... Uh, I couldn't... I'm, I'm probably being really stupid, but the age difference between the dad and Cyrus, because they seem like they were, like, kind of the same age. And he was like, oh, I didn't, I haven't seen my uncle since at a party once. He's got money so he can age gracefully. <laughs> what, are we going to have, guess. like, Chris Jenner style, like, Botox? And, yes. And <laughs> I mean, you know, he hasn't got, like, a high-stress job. He only chases demons for a living. So, you know, nothing oh, too stressful. <laughs> and lives so, with them yes. in his house. Um, I do know what you mean, though. There is, yeah. I know he it's really irrelevant. in that like young I know but like to, I don't know they when they met at a party what was it just like two five-year-olds just hanging out like, <laughs> having some pizza at a wedding Hi, at a pizza or whatever I don't know I don't know don't worry it's, I'm just I, thinking about it too much although I've had too much time off I've been thinking about it too much <laughs> I do love it though where it's sort of like you look at films now and when it's like Golden Girls is a prime example where those they, they were supposed to be like retired old ladies and living their golden years you're like half of them were 50 like they were not that old whereas like a 50 year old nowadays is like J-Lo who like literally did a film <laughs> on a pole and looked fucking impeccable so <laughs> I swear it, you bring up J-Lo on that poll at, like, any given opportunity. I mean, I'm just waiting for a moment to talk about her <laughs> at all times. She but, is unreal. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, what was, like, 50 in a film 20 years ago compared to a film now has completely changed. Like, people are aging yeah. very differently. And I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> yeah. It's the Botox. It yeah. might be the Botox. Cyrus has had... <laughs> Had hella Botox. <laughs> He's been juicing as well. He's been doing a keto diet. <laughs> I reckon it's just a lot of hair dye and beard dye and moustache or whatever he had going on. Like, <laughs> so as long as it wasn't fast. Yeah, as long as it wasn't graying, he looked young. And He's got Juice Plus, son. <laughs> DM him. He's got some codes. He'll sort oh. you out. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> but, so then they rock up to the bloody machine gas. machine greenhouse yeah. thing um with the very weird mysterious fucking key like sure like at this point would you not have questions i have so many questions oh yeah. i did find a bit of lore about this key but I've, 
I've lost it. But it's got it does have some inscribbly things on. Yeah, I think it's like the thirteen. Yeah, I think the symbol on the key is the symbol for the thirteenth ghost, which is what he. Obviously, we find out later. That was it. That was yeah. I think we watched the same video. I did do some research and I've, I've lost it in my notes because I've got pages of notes for this one. So. Yeah, I was like, don't you worry, I found out all the backstories of the ghost. I was really intrigued. <laughs> cool. Um, would you go into a job? Like, I am so fucking clumsy. I can't live in a, gro- a glass bloody house. It would be broken within a week. My insurance would never fucking insure me. It'd be like, I've seen you trip <laughs> over a skating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I see you roller skating into a, a wall, <laughs> glass pane. <laughs> It would have thought I'd be capable, but I fell off my chair at work today and that was just sitting in one place. So I feel like all the hope is lost for me. Oh, yeah, I'm... fucking you rollerblading. No fucking... I like that you think I just rollerblade around my house. <laughs> I can't. I have carpet. But if I did there, I could. But yeah. it's all glass and I'm way too clumsy for that life. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, the glass would be, I wouldn't like that, I don't think. It's also like the toilet, like my first thought is like the toilets, right? And even the the daughter says it, like, I hope the toilets are in the basement. Because seriously, come on. It's it's a bit like a house that you see on like Grand Designs or something where they've gone like all that elaborate on like their their thing. Yes, it's going to be glass so it can reflect the light and make prisms and rainbows and whatnot. And then really, they haven't really thought about actually living inside it. Like someone's like you'll be able to watch your dad have a wank in one room, and then your brother having a shit in another. Like, ew! They haven't thought through this. Sorry, but if my dad decides to build a giant glass house, am I fuck moving in with him? Like, no. Why are you living there? No. <laughs> but glass, like <laughs> you broke, Katie. <laughs> god that's the stuff of nightmares you know you know glass is a terrible building material that's why the three little pigs never used it and they used they, they didn't fuck's eat, sake. i know i was gonna say they didn't even bother with the glass they just yeah. went straight with the hay the sticks and the bricks they thought hay was a better option that's how you know glass is a really bad option <laughs> cyrus should have spoken to the three little pigs first you really should have they're not on grand design yeah but they're like loving this house, aren't they? They, especially loving like it. the daughter and son, just completely like, yeah, and let's live here. Nanny. And the nanny is like, yeah, I think she's like, I can get my own room, lots of space. It just seems like ideal, doesn't it? Yes, mm. definitely. Mm. Oh, and we didn't even mention Lilliard's character is there and he's pretending to check the gas. So he's like, Ooh. I need to get it. Or oh, is it gas, electric, whatever? Uh, See, he knew that they left it like a, a gas leak on or something. <laughs> yeah, he knew it. But he's like, oh, I've got to check the power because this thing is like taking out half the street and I need to get in. So um, I'm sure I, oh, I can't remember. A very long street. Yeah, because he was a looking for money, street. wasn't he? No. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I think he was looking for the money that was owed him or just whatever Cyrus was up to maybe. But mm. Mm. Yeah. And he's the first mm. to find the dead souls in the basement. Well, they they go in and then that's when he's like, well, obviously we'll have to look around. And then that's when I the, the estate agent, lawyer, whatever he is, guy, the <laughs> weird one. Both. 
he he goes off and like does his thing like picks up a bag and that sets off the trap yes um, and then this is when matthew lilliard basically just is his name dennis in this or something it is oh. dennis and then that's when he goes on and because of the walls and everything and basically just i don't know he freaks out because he's down in the basement isn't he looking at the uh looking for mm. something we don't know the, um the glass is like it's got like latin on it and shit doesn't it like it's got yeah spells something on it spells spells um, it does have the Lord's Prayer on one of them. I believe it's in oh, the library. Lovely. Yeah, yes. Oh, that's nice. Yes. If, um, you're t- if you if you don't want to go away from watching your brother take a shit, then you can go down and read that if you want to. Yeah. Rather <laughs> that one, watch my dad wank, some... that's for sure. <laughs> Why? Why is that even a possibility? Like, come on. <laughs> Where's it? No, if he's obviously single, they've got no one else to bang, do they? He's not going to bring back a Tinder date, is he? Yeah, but if you lived in a glass house, you can have my Tinder date. Don't look in my room later on because you don't know what you're going to see. Oh, but it's fine to wank openly and just be like, yeah, if you (laughs) accidentally look, not my fault. Not my problem. Just on the glass. I would hate that fucking chore to be the cleanup. Oh, sorry, did I take it too far? I didn't mention daddy wanking. (laughs) Daddy! fuck's sake why do we always have to add this into fucking did you guys add this into prana have you... i can't remember i'm pretty sure that there was a few daddy jokes in there probably oh goodness i think it was daddy always Brown. tell as well it's fucking not charlie started it don't blame it on me it was definitely you daddy you, you had daddy dick energy for the fucking vampire. <laughs> I did not start daddy dick energy. Well, I, also didn't men- I also didn't mention daddy wanking. That was also Charlie. You, you just said daddy, didn't you? I was. So I had a DY to a word and suddenly I'm the, I'm the guilty one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> daddy wank energy. Nah. But let's make it. that a thing. If you live in a glass <laughs> house. It's not, it's not fitting. If you live in a glass stones. house with your family, you are not wanking ever. Yes. Mummy or daddy, neither of them are wanking or having sex. <laughs> no Tinder dates. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Should we finish early? <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's already it, guys. That's <laughs> you. So how many spooks? Would you survive against <laughs> the daddy wanks? <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> yeah so Dennis finds that yeah like Charlie says Dennis finds out um about the, the 12 ghosts um are we at that point well yeah know. he's he's in oh. the basement but he's got like that weird like I don't know what you call, like psychic ability to see or sense ghosts or whatever yeah so he's obviously he sensing a, something he has a fit when he comes in 10 feet of a ghost I think he said Oh. He gets like raging headaches as well. He um he like has spasms. Yeah. yeah, and he he I think he discovers that the twelve ghosts that him and Cyrus captured or kidnapped are here, and they're like held. Against Cyrus has put on some yeah. Cyrus has put on some sort of spell to keep them there, and I think 
he Dennis finds that out quite quickly mm. and then tries mm. to warn the family I think and then get the fuck out of there yeah yeah because then he because the lawyer and the dad are talking like uh because he's like look we can't afford this place he's in with the tax and like more uh, the um bills and stuff and he's saying that the uncle took care of everything he won't have to worry about money for the rest of his life which is about three hours mm-hmm. um and then mm. obviously Lilliard comes running back in tries to get him out somehow the lawyer ends up in the basement I can't remember how but he starts to oh he fu- he's the one that fucks it all up Mm. Yeah, he takes his the bag of money off the thing that's like stopping this. Uh, what is it called? The mechanism, o- like Ocarius Inferium. Oh, I learned this and I forgot all that. <laughs> the it, the Ocarius Inferium. Um, and Ocularis. Then that it. Ocularis. Sorry. Ocularis. Sorry. Ocularis. Um, and that sets off the trap. And then yeah, the doors lock and things start to open. Yeah, because he's winding up ghost number six. No, she was ghost number six, the angry princess. Katie, uh, are you going to tell us a bit about the angry princess? <laughs> oh, my, my phone is. I haven't written <laughs> this. I apologise. Um, but yeah, we thought, we won't say all of them, but we thought it would be cool to give you guys a bit of backstory if you haven't seen the film. Um, so the angry princess, who the lawyer sees... Uh, So Dana Newman was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in the later 1900s. She had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived perceived flaws. And after a botched experiment that mutilated her eye, she brutally killed herself in a bathtub at the clinic. Her ghost often carries blood, is naked, and carries the same knife she used to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. So she kind of comes towards the lawyer, he backs up, and then gets sliced in half by the doors. Excellent death. Sliced and diced. Beautiful. It is Uh, so cheesy. Yeah, it is. But I love the, like, in a couple of scenes or two scenes, um, the nanny literally turns around. She's like, hey, what happened to the lawyer? Did he split? And I was like, fucking beautiful line. Like, I can't believe they just slipped that in there. It was great. (laughs) So, yes, uh, the angry princess is unleashed mm-hmm. so uh the kids and the nanny are although we're told to wait in one place um they've now gone off and split up and try and find their bedrooms and all the other bits and pieces and bobby um is scooting about and hears voices to go down into the basement and then he hears other voices saying don't go in the basement so what's he do he goes in the basement dun, 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 dun. Um, and that is where we then meet uh the bound woman um it's the first time we see her uh, the ghost um and then we see her again at the end of the film but we we don't see much else of her okay so yeah. the, the bound woman is susan legros um, who was a prom queen who cheated on her boyfriend and then the boyfriend decided to uh, hang her um, for cheating on him once he found out and uh, died basically um, and she's seen throughout the movie in like different ways she's either walking or sometimes she is still sort of hanging there with her hands tied behind her back um, it depends on 
which seem basically so there's no sort of like continuity with her character uh, in that sense but um yeah she's always wearing her prom dress though isn't she always wearing her prom dress and her prom crown which is what is sort of represented on the I think it's like the zodiac thing for her mm. and I think at this point also Bobby's he's knocked out isn't he and like dragged away somewhere mysterious yeah that's a bit of a random one <laughs> but they just is disappear this, is it this bit I don't know it happened at some point yeah <laughs> he, gets, he gets he gets lured away and I think it, after that happens, he gets. Oh well, yeah, because he sees his. He gets mom, knocked out, doesn't he? Yeah, Something like that. Yeah, because his mum's the withered lover. Yeah. Yes. So, she's ghost number four. Yeah. Mm. So we then go into a scene with Kathy in a bathroom. She's sort of like looking at herself, really like I don't know, grooming herself in the mirror. It's very weird. Um, and in the mirror, who do we see? <gasps> it's the angry princess, who's just sort of like watching her. Who's um, sort of watching her. Then she goes off and gets in the bath. And then Kathy sort of follows her and starts like playing with the bath as well, and like turning on the taps. And the angry princess is just sort of like looking up like, what the fuck are you doing? And then we sort of like pan between like the angry princess view where everything's like sort of covered in blood. Mm. And then we've we got Kathy's view, which obviously she doesn't have any glasses on and it's just just normal water and she's just splashing herself in the face. Um, I quite like this scene though, because it's like the, the angry princess doesn't, ca- like she maybe understands what Kathy's doing, like, like looking at herself in the mirror, being a bit vain. Like she's she was like that in... Mm. Uh, live when she was alive but I think obviously when she turns on the taps that's when she gets a bit too into her personal space and then the angry princess sort of like pulls out her knife from the water and then we cut scene quickly because the the dad has come to save the day Um, and then as they leave that room we get like a bird's eye view of it um, and it's got like the blood everywhere and it's uh, written on the floor and the blood I'm pretty sure it's I'm sorry which is what she she keeps whispering, but um, yeah, yeah, quite an intense scene actually. Um, I do like it though. I do like that we get to see the princess's perspective. Like it does add that sort of like extra layer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think group. this is also when we get introduced to the um, the glasses that they need to in order to see the ghosts because Dennis starts wearing them so it allows them to like see well not necessarily well the ghosts obviously but also just anything supernatural and then that's where I think at that point Kathy and Arthur are attacked by the jackal yeah the jackal guys the jackal is unleashed that's a scary one isn't it yeah yes Mm. Yes, so um, there's a few fan sites that describe the jackal as like the Charles Manson of the ghosts. So the jackal, whose name I cannot find right now, um, Ryan Kuhn, K H U N. Yeah, Ryan Kuhn um, was uh, a serial rapist and murderer um, in the previous 
life and then was tied up in a straight jacket and then was like clawing at the walls to get out and then like his fingernails came off and his hands became pointed and la di da da and anyway he ended up trying to bite himself out of his straight suit and that's when they put a cage on him and then there was a fire in the asylum and then basically everyone uh, everyone escaped apart from him because he he hated humans and wanted to be alone after that and I've, I'm not sure how the cage sort of came unbent but I'm going to guess because metal sort of starts melting or disorient like disorting he made friends with the juggernaut and got him to like bend them open <laughs> <laughs> the juggernaut or the uh, the hammer yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah basically that comes undone and also if you look at the the jackal obviously it's fucking terrifying but he's got loads of teeth mm. like it is a bit yeah it's fucking horrible isn't it yeah it's a bit yeah <laughs> anyway i'm scared of that one and that one scared yeah. me as a uh, a young teen too and yeah he attacks uh kathy and arthur who kathy is shannon elizabeth and arthur's the dad um and yeah and you think like fuck what's gonna happen but then they they get saved by a new character that's introduced Kalina. Ah, Kalina. 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 And she just kind of appears. Um, yeah. With a book. Yes. Um, with a big hefty hench book. And then they sort of find uh, somewhere to go. And we, well, I say new character, but she is in the beginning. Mm. Yes. Where she's like fighting Cyrus. And yeah, you think, what the fuck's going on? But she's here to save the day. Also, massive fan of uh, the actress playing her, who is also Miss Honey in Matilda. Um, a bit of a change very, of the roles, but yeah, living for that. Very different role. But, uh, <laughs> very different roles. She's more like transport in this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, um, at the moment, she's trying to free the ghost, so she's, she's a goodie at the moment. But... Um, yeah, but then, like, for some reason, the daughter just, like, fucks off somewhere, and then... Well, the, again, the rem- same, as, same as the boy, they just vanish. Yeah, and the remaining four, I think, are in the library, and that's, I think... I think that's where shit goes down with the dad finding out about the mum being here, the mum being trapped here, like, who Matthew Lillard is, like, what role he has to play in all of that. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's the, a bit the intense. Breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being told like your great uncle four times removed and then replaced six times or whatever it is, has died. You've got this massive gaff, and now your your dead wife spirit is in the basement and you're gonna mm. have to die as well. Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? <laughs> nah, no, nah, I've had I mean, better days, I, I must admit. As moving house goes, it's quite a bad one. <laughs> yeah so may- maybe we should explain why maybe Arthur the dad would have to die so uh yeah Arthur the dad is told that he needs to sacrifice himself as the the true sacrifice of true love or whatever um to save his children who yeah yeah <laughs> to save his children yeah. basically yeah, Kalina is basically like the house is like powered by the ghosts. It's like a machine. 
I'm just reading this, that allows its users to see the past, present and future. And the only way to shut it down, as Charlie says, is the creation of a 13th ghost for a sacrifice of love, which is why the dad is then told that he may have to sacrifice himself. So yeah, it's not great news for Arthur, is it? No. He's only just gone to see the house. He hasn't even like, you know, made any commitment. Yeah, he, he hasn't even had it like <laughs> He didn't this ask MTV. for this. <laughs> he needs this, like MTV Cribs tour of the house first. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't even seen all the rooms that he can wank in. Oh, stop talking about them all wanking in this fucking glass house. So then Arthur manages to convince Dennis to come back to the basement to help him uh, try and save his kids. So they take the big ass door down as a shield. Uh, they come up against the torn prince again. And he, like Lilliard's character's already been up against the prince with Maggie. Uh, and he kind of had his ass kicked because Maggie had the glasses on and was trying to direct him, but it was just useless. Um, but it was quite a funny scene for this film. I think it did kind of break that tension. So this time he's with the dad and they can both see. And because they've got the shield, they kind of just ram him into the wall. So it's a bit more successful. So I, what did you think of the fact they like they used the same ghost quite a few times? So like uh, the Torn Prince kept coming up, the Angry Princess, the Hammer, the Jack on the Juggernaut. Like we see the Firstborn sort a couple of times. He's kind of running around. The Torso we see like twice and like the SFX that went into that. Then just to see him twice. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of the fact it was always like the same guys or that we got to see them fight different teams? I guess it kind of showed in the film which ones they really wanted um like they wanted sort of attention in this film like they picked sort of the scariest ones like exactly. the jackal you think of the jackal and you're like yeah 13 ghosts like, yeah they they picked the ones that they wanted people to remember I think. It, it is a horror i suppose although did you yeah. not think that actually like when they were explaining them all and they were like oh the withered lover she's such a different choice compared to the others hmm I just thought it was a bit of a round, like how pissed would you be if you die and you're like, I'm a nice person and you get thrown in with that lot. You're like, what did I do? Like, <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I think as well, the Badaya mother, um, I, there's a couple of deaths for her that were sort of like drafted and whatnot, but she mm-hmm. had like quite a, I mean, she had a rough life. She had quite a sort of sad death as well it wasn't like anything sort of self-inflicted or that it was just that's true actually yeah they are they are kind of the exception but I fucking the great child actually freaks me out more than any of them really I'm I'm sorry just like an adult covered in puke and in a nappy it just freaks me out makes me more uncomfortable than like a guy (laughs) with nails all the way through his torso like if I came face to face with one of them I know who I'd rather talk to but I can't, it just makes me there. I, I think as well, um, the the ones that have had the more tragic, sort of sadder deaths or like mm. not as brutal deaths are the ones that aren't really killing anyone. They've like the, the, got the little boy who, the firstborn son who just sort of like plays about and is a bit there. We've got mm. uh, the, the torso whose head is in cling film, who's screaming. And I think that's just because he's just angry. Yeah. um, So (laughs) because his symbol is equivalent to Taurus in the Black Zodiac, Taurus Mm. is driven by the desire for uh, material things resulting in greed. 
Um, Torians also have boundless rage, which is why the torso's severed head is constantly screaming. Also, he was the story behind him, wasn't it, that he was like a gambler. And then when yes. he lost his bet, they literally took his body. So it is it's that desire for more. And Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So talking of the hammer, so he was George Markley, um, who was falsely accused of stealing by someone higher up called Nathan and threatened with exile from their own Western town. But George refused to leave and his family was lynched by Nathan and his band yes. of thugs while walking home. Yeah. I think as well it had a big part to play with the fact that he was black. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously a person of colour in those sort of scenarios, as we all know, that don't tend to get off very, very lightly mm. because people are bastards. But yeah, so then George took his blacksmith's hammer and killed those responsible. Um, but the townsfolk chained him to a tree and drove railroad spikes into his body. His left hand was cut off and his hammer was crudely attached to it. His ghost is one of the more angry spirits. Oh. So I wonder if that's like a slight reference to Candyman because they, he gets his hand, hand chopped off. Maybe. Um, but it, and he's lynched. But. but it's really like, obviously when you first see these ghosts, you don't really feel sorry for them except for um, the wife. Because yeah. they're all just like, you know, they're really scary and they're like... They're, yeah, they're, they're full of hate. So you're like, you don't feel sorry for them. But when you actually learn the backstory, some of them are really brutal. And you're like, oh my God, mm. like, I don't yeah. blame you. Like, yeah. Like, if that happened to you, fucking, of course you'd go on a rampage and kill everyone who hurt your family. Like, yeah, mm. you would. So, it, yeah, it's hard to see him as a bad guy after that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we see them defeat the prince. And then upstairs, there's so much going on. So I do apologise if we get all of this in the wrong order. But then upstairs, we have Kalina fucking about with the machine. Yeah, because uh, Kalina's like opening different doors. So she's relating. Different. I don't think. So we're under the impression she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just playing relievers, I think, is the idea. And then downstairs, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Maggie, who I'm sorry, but she is like way underpaid as a babysitter because she's turned into like a fucking ghost fighting <laughs> bodyguard. She's got like the flair. She's trying to keep whatever. She's, she's going above her um, paycheck at this point. Oh my God, that was not in the job description. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she's trying to keep whatever at bay. And then, so what, well, I think she's got glasses on, I can't remember. And something comes around the corner. So she starts freaking out. And, as you would. Uh, as you would, because she thinks it's a fucking ghost. And then Kalina smacks her in the head and knocks her out with the book. That's a big fucking book. Like it really does take her out. And we see Cyrus. Because you think that Kalina's about to knock Cyrus out. Because obviously at this point, we all think Kalina's on our, like, the good guy's side. But it's actually Maggie that she knocks out, not Cyrus. But they've all got glasses on as well. So as far as we're concerned, he's a ghost. Yeah. And that's the only reason they can see him. And plus he's covered in blood. He has still got the slit neck and he's covered in blood. Mm. So we have no reason to suspect that he's not a ghost. Yes. Um, Dun-dun-dun. Meanwhile, downstairs... We go back to the two men. We go back to Arthur and Dennis. And, like, this is kind of like Dennis saw this earlier. Like, he saw himself, like, 
die and get yes. snapped in half. Mm. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, and then it actually happens. He like barricades Arthur in because he's like, "You need to save your kids." And then he like runs in and sacrifices himself to the hammer. The hammer. Hammer has been released. Hammer's been Locks released. And then who comes and finishes the job? The juggernaut. The juggernaut. The big boy. <laughs> the big, big boy. boy. Release the boy. Seven, seven kind feet of, tall. <laughs> I quite like that um, Dennis sacrificed himself, though, because I feel like he felt obviously had so much guilt of what he did. Um, so it was like a nice way. It was a bit of a redemption for that character, even though I liked his character throughout the whole film, but it was a redemption for him, I think. It was quite, it was quite a good thing. Yeah, growth. Although I do quite like, though, that the hammer and the juggernaut like work together. <laughs> yeah. All of the um, ghosts work together. Yeah, but I like in no, this I think bit. this is like yeah, this is like a, a double team yeah. kill, isn't it? Like they use, you know, the great child and the dire mother to like spook people and then send them their direction, but this is kind of like, oh, bring it on. <laughs> like yeah. Um, yeah. Which also the, the hammer starts to take out like nails in his body. And like you think he's gonna use them, but he doesn't. He's and just showing how hard he is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, that bit kind of put me off. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the juggernaut, that is one fucking scary fucker as well. Yeah. Yeah, he is made to be pretty fucking scary. So yeah, upstairs, Kalina and Cyrus are getting very close. And we realise that uh, he's been playing everyone. She's been playing everyone. And uh, yeah. But then he starts like, screaming at her straight away. And she's like, are you, are you mad at me? Like, what did I do wrong? I did everything you asked. I killed the mm. dude at the beginning who was on screen for 30 seconds and I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, man. And I convinced uh, Arthur that he needs to be the 13th ghost. Like, she was literally the ploy. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the yeah. ghosts around the house start to, like, evaporate. Get and summoned. Then, yeah. But number four comes and finds her, her well, the what is it? The withered lover. Yeah, the wife. The thirteenth ghost, who isn't yet a ghost. Um, also, one thing: the the fact that number four, um, she's holding an IV drip, and IV in Roman numerals is number four. Nice. I didn't even connect that. I do think it was I, wheelchair I, IV because I was like, surely that's useless. Like. But I think it's to maybe symbolise number four. They maybe That's... use that. I mean, it might be completely unintentional, but... No, but I like that. It hey, is... it's, it's what you you make it. So it's nice. But she too gets summoned up to the top. She She's able to resist it for quite a while. And I think that's because mm. she's a good ghost. Mm. Like she... Yeah. Whereas the other ghosts don't really give a fuck. They're just like, it's fine. Like, we yeah. know we're bad. So. <laughs> we're bad <laughs> we, men. We, we're bad we've like succumbed to it now. It's cool. Like, that's fine. Except, <laughs> I think to be fair, though, they were angry ghosts when they died and they've just got angrier and angrier. Like, yeah. So they don't really give a fuck. They've, they've been trapped in a basement in a teeny tiny room. Like, of course you're going to be pissed off. <laughs> yeah. That's not fair on any spirit, regardless of how horrible they are. 
Mm. Like, yeah, if you let them free, they probably wouldn't bother anyone, but like, mm. because you've trapped them, well, they're a little bit pissed. I don't know, but the one that has still, well, for one that's only been known to uh, sort of keep murdering after. Oh, the juggernaut. the juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, re- I regret saying that because you got Ed and Lorraine's Warren's like fucking how like room of spirits in there and they're nice and safe and locked away so okay, we've maybe changed it is a good thing we've changed our mind please just lock away the bad ones keep the good <laughs> yeah, ones exactly. they can i take back what i said <laughs> um and then we see cyrus is even more of an asshole than we thought he was and he lets his poor girlfriend squash between two panels of glass brutal as he tells her like I told, uh, I thought I told you greatness requires sacrifice. And it's like, why? Why Maybe. though? Why did you have to sacrifice her? I don't get it. <laughs> why? Although, <laughs> could she have been Ghost 13? If he'd asked her to die, do you think no. she would have? Is she? No, like, it's not for like a worthy cause. Like, if you're going to die for someone, mm. it's got to be like your kid. Well, yeah, I, I know. But it was mentioned your... before it had to be for love. Like, yeah, yeah, but she like loves real, Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, but it's not real lo- it, because maybe <laughs> she's using him to try and become like the the world sire or whatever it is. Um, the Ocularis. <laughs> the Ocularis. Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. Just a thought. But yeah, but that is a pretty uh, yeah squishy. Yeah. <laughs> squishy. And brutal. then. Yeah, and then the dad finally sees his kids again as they, like, come up from the floor and all the twirly-whirly machinery bullshit is going on, like, the yeah. worst roller coaster in the world. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, all the, the Zodiac ghost things are all in a circle around on their, like, little number. Yeah, because he has to put the glasses on to see them, doesn't he? Because at first he's just like, this is really terrifying, and then it gets all the more terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's quite clever, like, he's really calm here, considering. Well, like, he I feel thinks, like he has to be. He, he still thinks that he has to die. Like, yes, but... he hasn't been told any other thing. He's just like, oh my god, I've got to sacrifice myself. But well, he's trying to figure out how it's going to stop. So he's, like, no, looking he, around, isn't he? Yeah, well, he knows that he has to throw himself into it. <gasps> well, again, this is that's how he told. thinks that he's going to stop. Yeah, but that's why he's looking around because if there was just a big red button that said stop on it, you'd hit that first before you throw yourself at the blades. Like, let's be real. <laughs> you'd give it a go. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't see it. <laughs> just some flashing lights. Click this, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> For me. <laughs> but then he counts the ghosts because he's seen, he sees Cyrus. And then he starts counting them and he's going really slowly. But again, they might have slowed it down for the effect. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> one, two. Um, and then he realizes that bloody Cyrus is uh, actually there and he takes off his glasses. Yeah. Motherfucker. There the whole time. Yeah. Fucking Cyrus, mate. Naughty All those boy. Cyruses, not cool, Cyrus, man. Trace Cyrus, Cyrus, <laughs> whatever his surname is, Cyrus. Billy Ray, Billy uh, Ray Cyrus, Criticus is the surname. I might be wrong. Cyrus, Cyrus, I'm gonna call him. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> 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 Coming like a wrecking ball. 
I mean, he bloody oh, did. He wrecked their heart. life. Uh, he, he break it. <laughs> that fits so well for the shake, 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 shake. It. She doesn't like this. Will you do it like that? <laughs> Always goes this way. Uh, but yeah, and then we realised he wasn't just the generous dead uncle that came out of nowhere. No. He was in fact trying to ruin his nephew's entire family to reach the ocularis. Charming. He's, he set it all up <laughs> because his wife died. And that's where he's like, oh, he'll be an easy target. He's got kids. Oh, he's or did he, a widow. did he start the fire? Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> oh, this sounds he like an easy Netflix series. <laughs> uh, <laughs> six part Netflix, Netflix series on this fucking <laughs> uncle. And then we've got Maggie, who's just putting every bloody lever possible. <laughs> yeah, like she's just... Like, what the fuck? She's just, yeah. Well, she's trying, trying to help. She's trying everything like you would, but it does break the machine. So but it Cyrus doesn't do anything to try and stop her. No. Well, no. <laughs> like, he spent all this money, all of the family's fortune, and then but then he's all going yeah. together, he can't be bothered to stop her. He's too distracted by Arthur. He's just like, oh, Oh no! And then the uh, twelve ghosts decide that. Do you know what? We're just going to launch him into the crap roller coaster. <laughs> well, yeah, that they become unsummoned, don't they? And then mm. that shot where they're all around. I think the only ones missing is uh, the IV one, uh, no, IV one, his wife and the torso. And I think the again the torso the, is going to be a bit. Useless. I think the dying mother isn't there as well. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, that shot where they're all sort of like looking down on him. Fuck mm. that. Fuck <laughs> that. And then we get a final shot of Lilliard telling the dad to go for it. Save the kids. And he does his, yeah, his ghost. heroic jump. I like to think that Lilliard is now at peace as a ghost, even though he's got a nice big blood spatter all up his head. Oh, he's so yeah. cool because he's like cleaning his glasses and like leaning against. Yeah. Sorry, but if I die and I still need my fucking glasses, I'm going to be really annoyed. Like, me I'd too. Like to think in the afterlife, my vision will work. <laughs> so I can get my yearly prescription. Up oh, what? I can't see. <laughs> what? Is it? Yeah, you're in heaven. Am I? Where's the ocular? <laughs> it's all really blurry. Chantel <laughs> in heaven? I don't think so. <laughs> like, everything's a blur. At least if I'm in hell, I'll know not to touch it if it's hot. Like, I'll be able to feel that. But, like, if I can like fucking hard. see it. Like um, like yeah. And he jumps in and saves his children and the house comes tumbling down. House machine, whatever you want to call it. Whatever the fuck it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the ghosts are released. And the first one oh, yeah. to go is the Jekyll, um, which I was like, oh, God, they were fucking desperate, weren't they, to get out of there? Would you not be? Uh, <laughs> I know, but the, the ghost didn't like people when in its when it was alive, and now mm. it doesn't like other ghosts when it's dead. It just wants yeah. to be alone. Like fuck off! Like, please I'm stop. Hang, please stop having me uh, around. I don't like you people. <laughs> I don't want to socialize yeah. with these people anymore. No, yeah. I won't go to the pub with you. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a quiet night in, watching yeah. Netflix, <laughs> watching some crime documentaries. That's all with- I want. Been working all day haunting people. Go away. Yeah, I need yeah. to go and fire my nails. Like they, they've had it. <laughs> Give the jackal a break, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's got a cage on his head for fuck's sake. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, but we do get to see the mum as well one last yeah. time. Yeah, but that's she's, sweet. She's not in like her hospital gear. She's like back being like a Because milk. she's free. She's released. Yeah. I know, but the other ones are released that. as well. But... but it might also be how they remember her. Like, I don't really know how Ooh. it works, but it might be how they see her rather than how the house shows her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like know. a trap soul. Yeah. Rather than... And then Maggie quits. <laughs> and then Maggie quits. She comes out. Because I was like, okay. that house is like literally exploded into a thousand pieces. Like, she's yeah. going to have bare cuts on her. But she comes out without a scratch. Like, a bit like... But she's so done. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't give a less yeah. of a shit. Shut him out. I'm done. I'm going home. But I love that she stayed to fight the entire night. And then she's like, now that it's over, I'm done. And it's like... But now it will be easy and chill, right? <laughs> no. Does this mean that he gets like the the dad gets a full fortune now that he's actually dead? I don't know because like I mean he's much... got no house to go to. He's got a bit of land he can sell off. As I say, like he can sell the land. He can't sell the house. Um, we don't actually know how much money or how good that guy actually was with maths because. The lawyer was a piece of shit anyway, working for Cyrus and just trying to get him there. So there might have been very little money. I imagine there and, wasn't. And uh, now it well, there was a big bag of it, but I guess it's all burnt up. Yeah. So I guess he'd get whatever they could find, but I can't imagine. He's probably he's got just some gonna be offshore like, bank accounts. He's doing some money laundering. Yeah, but again, he sells like cocaine or something on the but, side. But was that a real will at the beginning or was that just a video they made to entice the nephew? Because that lawyer was not a real lawyer. And if he was, he was terrible at his job. Who knows? Who will ever know? Who will ever know? We need a second one. We have questions. (laughs) 13 goes to 14 ghosts. I always have questions. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we made it. We made it through. We got that. We we finally that was a hella confusing film. Just a bit. It was very confusing. <sighs> do you want to know about the SFX? Yeah, we do. It was our favorite team once again. I nearly told you this last week in Piranha. I nearly added them to the list, but I didn't want <laughs> to give away this week's film. But it was KNBEFX uh, department department company who came and did the SFX. And oh my god, the SFX like. On IMDb, there's about 30 names. It's hilarious. Um, but that is Howard Burgers or Berger. I still need to figure out. Oh, <laughs> Burger Boys. Burger Boys back. Um, and it was his company who did all of the makeup. So honestly, some of the names in this are absolutely incredible. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> and from what I was looking at of like some of the behind the scenes was the reason they really wanted to take on this project and the reason they loved it so much was because of the 12 Ghosts backstories, um, because this was obviously a remake from, I think it was a 1960s version. And the reason they loved it so much was that it wasn't just ghosts. It wasn't just, oh, like white sheet and ooh, boo. Um, love a ghost. Uh, but it was more to it than that. It was all these really harrowing backstories and these really harrowing like events and lives and they really wanted to show that and like again we haven't even mentioned all of the backstories because yeah you had the firstborn son who was just described as like a spoiled brat who got everything he wanted and then one day was playing like cowboys and indians and got shot through the head uh 
You have the torso we spoke about, Bound Woman, Withered Lover, Torn Prince, Angry Princess, The Pilgrimess, who we didn't talk about, but like just absolutely brilliant makeup. And then she was the outcast in her tan. Tan? Outcast in her tan. She was the outcast in her town um, and suspected of witchcraft. So obviously killed because, you know, why, why would you not kill the pilgrim who managed to do one thing you couldn't? So must be a witch because that was the 1800s or 1700s. Or whatever say, she is, she's the oldest ghost as well, isn't she? I believe so. Yes. Sorry. So, but shit. <laughs> um, yeah, we've already spoken about the others, but this, they had such good backstories that they could make them all personal. They could add those touches like a baseball bat or like the um, the bound woman, her hands always tied. And But then even aside from that, you still had like Matthew Lillard's death where he gets like bent in half and his bloody head smashed in. Um, you have, I've already forgotten her name now, the double, the girl playing double agent who got squashed between the walls and... Miss Honey. Miss Honey, who gets squashed <laughs> and her eyes fucking... I think that was more CGI than anything, like... Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Uh, sadly, no Matilda there to save her. Yeah, she gets a little bit squashed. Um, but I think, genuinely, I think my favourite is the lawyer. Like, when he just gets sliced in half and then it takes him, like, five minutes to fall and you can just see one half of it. It's like, oh, it's so good. It's so disgusting. I fucking love it. Um, so, yeah, that is... Oh, no, SFX team. Sorry, I don't have, like, a lot of information. I know they spend hours, obviously, in the chairs trying to get them all done. Um, and just to get all the 12 ghosts, like, it took, like, four or five hours, I think they said, for each, uh, for a couple of them. The one who took the longest was the uh, the angry princess because it was, like, full body makeup. They couldn't just put a costume on her. So, because she, she had, like, gashes all over her body, she, like, she had to spend, like, nearly five hours in the chair um, just to look ready camera ready every time um whereas obviously some of the others are slightly less than that i think they were like two or three hours to get them ready and again it completely depended because for example um the withered lover like some days she was just beautiful and glamorous milf and other days she was the burn victim so it did completely depend but i like that they really did help bring through those stories it led to the point that all three of us went and found them so we clearly were interested enough in that makeup Sorry, I'll stop yeah. rambling now. <laughs> Charlie, what did you think of the music? Okay, I, I literally have so much to say this week on the music. I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to start, as always, with the composition. So uh, the, the music was composed by John Frizzle, uh, who is an American uh, film and television composer. Um, he started out as a soprano in the National Cathedral Choir and the Paris Opera Company and the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Opera Company too. However, when you hit puberty and you're a lad, your voice changes and you lose your job. Um, anyway, he went on to study um, jazz guitar. However, he then started studying, obviously he worked with the orchestras before um, and what, learned more about classical music. Um, he is best known for his work on his film scores for, I know, I still know what he did last summer, Alien Resurrection, Dante's Peak, and he also worked on uh, 2017's Leatherface, and also 2013's Texas Chainsaw 3D. So, 
uh, on a whole, the, the composition itself was so different for each piece. Um, what I quite liked was the fact that there was pieces named after each of the ghosts. Not all of them had a piece, but the main ones are um, old cover. Uh, we had a piece called The Juggernaut, obviously in reference to The Juggernaut, uh, which had a lot of heavy bass um, and it was slowly climbing up the scale with the instruments it did use with the violins and it had really harsh percussion. Uh, there was another piece called The Jackal Attacks, which I fucking loved as well. Um, it had really distorted guitar, violins. It was super fast paced. And it also had a little hint of, well, a little hint. Uh, it also used electronic drums. Um, it used wind chimes. And it also um, used sampling of uh, the Jackal's uh, scream but it was made to sound like it was whispered and it was also flipped around. So it was actually playing backwards. It was very disorientating and very weird. Um, we also had The Princess, uh, another piece, which was really soft and slow. It was quite haunting. And that actually, again, used sampling of the speech used. It had a soprano choir. Um, and it also cuts into like a electric guitar and a staccato violin sort of in the middle of that piece which I don't know it, it's it broke up the piece into like two different bits which I, I thought was interesting rather than going on and making like one uh two separate compositions it was all in one um there was another piece the hammer which the only way I could describe it was metallic sounds it had chi chimes lots of reverb um and also like it was very percussion based um and rhythm orientated and it sounded like like someone hammering like a nail into some wood it was quite tinny as well which um I'm not sure if that was on purpose but the overall um sound of it just yeah it just sounded quite tinny and uh, one last piece I want to focus on in that bit was also the angry prince which is another piece where it was very pulsating. Uh, it's very quick, like an electronic sort of pulse going through it with the drums. And then thrown in there was a bit of a harpsichord, which I didn't really understand because harpsichords are from much earlier music, like 17, 1800s, whereas the, the torn prints that they're referring to is obviously from the 1940s, 1950s. So I'm not sure why that was put in there. One thing I did also want to uh, jump on as well was the sound design for the film. For different characters, they had different sounds used to let the viewer know that they were coming up. For some reason, not all of them had it, but um, the ones that we did have, we had the Angry Princess, um, who was always, you could always hear constant, I'm sorry. And whether that's, because in like her actual life, she thought people didn't like her existing. Maybe that's why she was saying it. I'm not really sure. It's not like she meant it when she was going around trying to stab them all. So that's what I'm going to go with that. Um, I mentioned also, also earlier the torso. Uh, the severed head in the, the clean film is constantly screaming. There's no let off of that. Uh, the jackal and the bound woman had very similar 
um, rapid, high-pitched screams. Um, however, the bound woman had like laughter in there as well. But Jackal, I think this might be alongside the fact that we've, we've um, the character had long hair. Um, I think that's sort of made us perhaps think that it was a woman to begin with. Um, the fact that it had like this high pitched scream, that's obviously what you normally associate with a woman. Um, for Juggernaut, uh, we knew that he was sort of around because of uh, there was like sort of whispers and like a roaring wind whenever he'd sort of come into play. Um, which I thought was quite cool, although I didn't quite understand why they'd use the sound of wind because the other ones had like laughter, screaming, whispering. It just didn't quite make sense. But I mean, it, it worked and everyone knew that they're around. And then to finish it off, there was a couple of songs used. We had uh, the main one that I'll go for was a track by Tricky called Excess, um, which is also used in Queen of the Damned and Bad Company, which was just sort of thrown in the middle of it, which again, I'm not quite sure because it had gone off the, the whole composition pieces throughout the rest of the film. And then it cuts over to this one, maybe to make it sound a bit more trendy and sort of up there, but... Yeah, oh, I did find it quite funny as well that the fact that uh, the special effects and sound mixing were so elaborate in the film that many people claimed that the movie was physically painful to sit through. Um, I didn't have that from the music itself, but I did find like the visual effects very disorientating, like when it would like cut out and then cut back in again with the like the flashing of the lightning and the ghosts. I don't know whether you two found that or whether you found like the music a bit disorientating, but. Yeah, yeah I massively found it disorientating. I think that was what a lot of people didn't like about yeah. the film um, was because of the visual. I It really put me off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was is... one thing I really didn't like about the film. What about you, Tal? Did you find like the music or did you find the visuals a bit more off-putting? I don't really know, to be fair. I think it was probably, for me, more the visuals, because, like, a bit of the... And, again, it might just be because it's like a older film now. But the mm. strobe, and I think some of the CGI as well, and then mixed with the strobe, I think, that was just... Yeah, some of it was a bit, like, too much, almost. Yeah. Yeah, the editing was a bit too much, I think. Mm. Yeah, and, if, and, and on top of that, Ra Digger, it was her last acting role before she stuck off with music as well. Mm. So, poor Maggie. She mm -hmm. she decided to quit. She really did decide to quit after that. Yeah. She went off and became a, a, a singer, rapper. I wonder if that's yeah. why it was uh, her final line, because she was like, that's actually my announcement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm done. <laughs> you don't know my name. we would survive in the house with the 12 ghosts to become the, or do we think we become the 13th? Charlie, I'm gonna come to you first. I'm pretty naive. So uh, I guess I'm the 13th ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. 
Um, no, like me against the jackal, no, I'm fucking dead. Me against the baton prince, no, I'm dead. Me against the princess, I'm dead. I'm dead, guys. I'm dead. I don't do ghosts, and I don't. <laughs> uh, nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> Katie, what about you? Yeah, probably not. I think if I had like the glass in front of me, I might be all right for a bit. But as soon as that's that's done, then that's. I suppose like if I had the glass and then I could use that and then just like run upstairs and run out of the house forever, then that's the only way I could survive. Mm. Other than that, I'm not surviving. No, it's not happening. This is a thing that I I was thinking about when I was watching the film. When they're holding the pane of glass, their fingers are around the corner of it. Yeah. They can still get it, like, chopped at and stuff. (laughs) I'd rather my fingers get chopped off, though, than, like, my head. But you can't hold up up the glass and you've got no fingers. Oh, yeah. But you just have to be quicker than the ghost and, like, smash them in the face with it. Yeah. (laughs) So if I was on it, then maybe. But I don't think I would be on it. So yeah, I'm dead. What about you, Tell? Like I, th- I think I'm dead, but I know what you mean. Like if you could get back upstairs, just get out the house. I just yeah. run because actually, like none of them seem to come out of the basement. So as long as you can get up, you're yeah. Good. But I think it depends. Again, the only reason they go back down is to save the kids. So I think it depends. Yeah. If I'm there on my own, absolutely fine. I'm out the front door. If I'm there with people I love, I'm fucked because I'm gonna have to go back into the basement and then I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. You can't get out though because they shut the door behind them, didn't they? They locked the glass house. (laughs) Um, Shit, actually, yeah, they locked them in. Um, Yeah. One of those windows has got to open, surely. Maybe. Maybe. You'd have to risk it to sort of find out. Yeah. Or. Yeah. You've got to try and keep them in the basement so you can just say, get out the house. I'm, I'm. I mean, we're we're dead, guys. Like, yeah, I, th- I don't mm. think there's twelve of them. There's three of us. Even together, there's only three of us. And like, maybe we could take a few of them. We might be able to like kick the firstborn son a bit. The torso, I think we could take. Like, the torso. You have such beef against the torso, Tell. Like, no, I think he's. <laughs> I love him as a character. Like, Where's your problem? The, I don't. There's nothing wrong with him. I love him as a character. Yeah. I think it's a great idea to have a torso like chasing you around the house. I just think it's. Re- he'd be fucking. I think he's one of the few I could beat because I could just kick his head <laughs> to the other side of the room, and he'd have to chase the head. So I'm good. <laughs> I, I quite like the fact that the torso is actually paid by a double amputee, and they just put a black sack over his head for it. Don't say that. I just threatened to kick his head. Well, if, well you're talking about the character. Got, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got oh, a yeah, black sack I'm... over his head, and that's how they CGI'd it in. Nice. I thought it was great. That's actually, yeah, that's really clever. Um, but the bound woman, I think we actually stand a chance against because her arms are tied behind her back. No, this is only in certain shots, though. It's really weird. This is what I was saying that she's very in, that there's no continuity with her because sometimes she's walking. Sometimes she's got her arms out, sometimes she ain't. So we need to try and catch her when her arms are behind her back. Uh, the great child and the dire mother don't seem to be actually aggressive. They just stay at a distance. And the withered lover, I think, is good. Other than that, I think I'm fucked because all the others are pretty, pretty pissed off and uh, probably not going to like us too much, being in their basement. Mm. But yeah, I think we're dead. Yeah. I don't think it's happening, guys. Nah. However, I've just learned from this film, mm. sorry, I I just found out that, so the film was obviously released on 
VHS, DVD or whatever. Um, but the film initially was on Blu-ray in a double feature with none other than House of Wax. No way. So could you imagine getting that like double feature? I've got to find that, man. I've got to get that in my life. That's <laughs> you need it for your collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be done. That's got to be done. What I quite like as well is, um, so in the original movie, um, they the only thing that they really kept the same was the fact that they had to wear glasses to see the ghosts. Mm. And when this was released at the cinema, um, that they came, they stopped for your idea in the end, but they were going to get people to wear glasses in the cinema as well. That's cool. They should have done that. Yeah, I quite like that well, idea. But the film kind of flopped, so it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, it didn't have amazing reviews. No. <sighs> And Matthew Lilliard, this is his first horror role since doing Scream because he didn't want to be known as just doing horror movies. So he um, chose to do Scooby-Doo and is now pretty much just known for Scooby-Doo. Basic, well, Scooby-Doo and Scream. And Scream. And Stew. 13 Ghosts. <laughs> oh, hey, I think if I was in Scream, I'd be fucking proud of it. But Oh, hell yeah. Well, I think you know he is that. It's proud, your fave. But... It's your fave. <laughs> well, talking of reviews... What are we rating 13 Ghosts Spooks out of five, guys? Chantel, I shall start with you. I'm gonna go. Oh fuck. I don't know. Like a okay. somewhere between a two and a three, maybe like two and a half. Cause it's not a great film, but I really do like the fact that every ghost is a backstory. I really do like that actually there isn't a lot of other films like it. I mean, I know it was a remake. But when even the remake though was different, um, but I, yeah, I kind of like. There's not a lot of else like it. I've, I think it's something you can watch every few years. Like you wouldn't watch it on the regular. And I do like the SFX. Um, maybe a two actually. I feel like two and a half is a little bit too generous. So I'm gonna go two. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? <sighs> See, it's it's not. A terrible movie, but at the same time, there is lots that needed to be done to make it a bit more decent. Um, so I'm going to go with a two as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got scared by it, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give it one for that, and I will give it one for um, the effects and the music, um, but everything else is a bit of a... Yeah, nah. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to give it a two. What about you, Katie? I'm going to uh, completely copy you guys and say a two as well. Um, we agreed. <laughs> we agreed. Yeah, for, for the same reasons, really. None of it really scared me, but it would be something that I'd put on um, around sort of Halloween. Like it would be, it wouldn't come under like a top, not top 10 horror films or anything like that. But I can see why people would maybe put it on at a sleepover or why... I know it got panned, but like why people might appreciate it now. Mm. Um, like all the reviews I was looking at were just love for Matthew Lillard. But I think that just came with time. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know if he was appreciated at his time. Um, mm. But um, yeah, so I think it's, um, uh, you can appreciate it for what it is, but yeah, the editing and some of the plot and that sort of thing, I think lets it down. Yeah, I'm going to go with the two. But I, I would definitely watch it again, but I'd probably watch it. I wouldn't watch it, like, seriously again. It would be a pizza party film to watch. 
or maybe some time like uh, maybe like a Halloween film or something I'd watch it but I'm not in a rush to watch it again really amazing well that is our feedback and review and thoughts and feelings on uh 13 ghosts thank you for sticking with us for this one uh, we may have got a little bit lost along the way but i think we got there in the end basically we just love matthew lilliard what more do you need to know about this film uh so thank you for sticking with us we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new film and it's nearly october so i imagine they're going to get very very uh, horror-y more than normal <laughs> Chantel is extremely excited for one that we have got coming up Hell so yeah. if that's like a hint for you guys like I'm extremely excited but I think Tel is on another scale so oh, yeah. I'm dreading it <laughs> <laughs> but yes check us out on all our socials and thank you for your support uh, and continued support thank you we love you all so much until next time stay safe bye don't die will become the, the 13th ghost. Actually, the jackal. The jackal will get you. The jackal fuck that shit, man. <laughs>